It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we do dissect issues, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having conversations. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails, and uh, that's americhicks.com forward slash Kim. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Uh, Would appreciate you liking and following me, offering you a conservatarian perspective. And want to say thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Marie for running the boards. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, So we've got a big show planned for you today. We've had a little change. Uh, Initially, I thought I was going to have... Uh, Roberta Sutton on talking about education, but we're going to do that next week. Today in segments three and four, we'll talk with Stephen Kessler about the Electoral College, why that is so important. Uh, And then in the first and uh, second segment, we will be chatting about some big things that are happening here in Colorado. And the first of those will be the Stand for Colorado rally that we have tomorrow. But as many of you know, we like to start the show off with uh, something inspirational and also something funny. And uh, once again, I'm going to forego something funny today because uh, our, our hearts are just so heavy with what happened out at the Douglas County STEM school there in Highlands Ranch uh, with uh, one student dying and uh, eight being injured. Uh, but when we talk about inspiration, I want to bring forward the name. You probably all have heard of him now, and that is uh, Kendrick Castillo. Uh, And he was shot on uh, um, the other day when the shooters went into uh, his school. And in essence, he saved all of his other classmates' lives. Uh, He's 18 years old. He died while lunging at the shooter, according to a classmate at STEM School Highlands Ranch uh, here in Denver. Eight other students were injured in the shooting, which was Tuesday. And he certainly was a hero. There are two two suspects that are in custody. And uh, one of the other teens involved in trying to take down these shooters was Brendan Bailey, I think. Uh, you pronounce his name. He's a senior enrolled in the Marine Corps Delayed Entry Program with the 8th Marine Corps District. And between the two of these young men, uh, they certainly saved a number of students' lives. And as I look at the picture here of Kendrick Castillo, I... Um, I'm just uh, really saddened, uh, but what a hero. And uh, if we can draw any inspiration, it would be from this young man and what he did to save the other students' lives. And our our hearts go out to his family uh, because I know that they miss him. Um, miss him so much and uh, we have a job to do here while we are here and that is to make sure that we we stand for freedom we stand for uh, this American idea and we stand against evil and that is what Kendrick did and so our hats are off to him Uh, so excited tomorrow stand for Colorado is our big rally that is down at the state capitol and there are concurrent locations uh, that will be uh, throughout the state 
in Alamosa, in Gunnison, Grand Junction, Woodland Park, and Montrose. And people are coming together that are so concerned about what is going on in our state to say that we care, we're concerned, and uh, we are going to uh, we're going to do something about this overreach of government. You know, I really think that if these these uh, far left people had really run uh, when they ran their election, if they would have said what they were going to really do, I don't think that they would have been voted into office. And so we are seeing uh, a pushback on this national popular vote. That was a law that was passed by this um, uh, state senate, state house, and signed by the, by the governor, which is a direct affront to the U.S. Constitution. The Electoral College was put in place to protect the minority. The founders were brilliant in this. They wanted to make sure that the small populous states also had a voice, that they would not be overrun by the very populous states. And so the national popular vote law that was, was signed by uh, Governor Polis says that uh, whatever the national popular vote is, so those big population centers like Los Angeles and San Francisco and Chicago and New York, which they typically uh, vote very, very Democrat, very far to the left, that however they vote, then that's how our electoral votes will be attributed to as well. And that is a direct affront to the Constitution. So we are thrilled tomorrow at the Stand for Colorado rally that there will be petition gatherers to get this question on the ballot. They've got a very tall order. They have to get over 125,000 valid signatures in order to get this on the ballot, and they are working diligently. So when you come out to the Stand for Colorado rally uh, tomorrow at 4 to 5.30 on the west steps of the, dim- of the Capitol here or the other locations throughout Colorado, you will be able to sign that national popular vote petition. We'll have other petition gathers there as well for some other issues. We will have uh, people there to register people to vote. And uh, then just want to let you know a bit about this amazing group of people that we are talking with. Now, some of them are elected officials, but really they're all citizens. And uh, they're going to speak, each of them, three minutes to a specific issue or group of issues, a group of legislation that is a direct affront to the uh, everyday, hardworking people of Colorado. And uh, we're having to take the left's word. We're having intersectionality of issues. Uh, What we have seen is, you know, socialism is force. And, um, And socialism, if it's such a great idea then it should not have to be forced upon someone. These ideas that were passed, if in fact they were such great ideas, we do not need to, to have the force of law that will be uh, you know, intruding into our lives. And so I quickly want to let you know who we will be talking with. And uh, they each will have three minutes. And, you know, country songs, they're able to tell a whole story in three minutes. So that is going to be uh, our mantra here is three minutes, and you're going to learn a lot. So first of all, Pastor Christine Uwazera Coleman, she will give the invocation. And she is a survivor of the Rwandan genocide. Don Wilson is the mayor of Monument. And he, with Rose Puglisi, who is heading up the Stand for Colorado rally out in Grand Junction, are the ones that have really been spearheading getting this national popular vote uh, on the ballot. And he will be speaking to SB 19042, which is the popular vote. 
Barb Kirkmeyer, who is a Weld County commissioner, is working to try to get uh, that oil and gas overreach law. Uh, uh, hopefully we can get that on the ballot and, and get that overturned. She'll be talking about oil and gas. Sheriff Stephen Reams, Weld County Sheriff, but he'll be talking about the red flag law. He has said that uh, he is not going to enforce that because, uh, in essence, that is a direct affront to the Constitution as well. Do we see a theme here? There seems to be a lot of affronts to the U.S. Constitution. Juliana Day, she is originally, she grew up in Peru. She is a, a great lover of the American idea, and she has organized against this hypersexualization of our children law, which is House Bill 191032. You know, we need to let our kids be kids, and so Juliana Day will be addressing that. Amy Oliver Cook, Executive Vice President with the Independence Institute, will be talking about the assault on affordable, efficient, and reliable energy. And this assault is something that really will affect the, the well-being, the prosperity of everyday, hardworking Coloradans. So she'll talk about that. Heather Laden-Para, she is a concerned mother, and she has been one of those moms that has been down at the Capitol until the wee hours of the morning regarding this forced vaccinations of our children, House Bill 1913-12. Natalie Minton, she's an RTD board director. We'll talk about the assault on Tabor, which is the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, which is part of the Colorado Constitution. Heidi Ganahl, CU Regent, we'll talk about free speech on campus. Britta Horn, former elected county treasurer. This is one that's under the radar, but there was legislation that was passed that the state of Colorado can go in if people have not claimed some uncollected funds, and it could be on a variety of different uh, spectrums. The state of Colorado says, hey, we want that money, and they passed a law to take that. Tina Francone, former Jefferson County Commissioner and former RTD Board Director, will talk about how these air quality rules, and we all agree, we want clean air, we want clean water. But what I have seen is the far left is actually taking things that we care about and then they are using the power of law to, um, to uh, uh, actually start to uh, uh, intrude into our lives and use those uh, rules and regulations to uh, try to control us. And so I'm going to continue through this fantastic uh, group of uh, speakers. But before we do that, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I mean, it is such a great time to be a sports fan here in Colorado. Uh, you know, the Avs, how exciting, Nuggets, the Rockies, and Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the place to watch all the games, Wednesdays or wing days, all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine, And their spoked wings are delectable. They're only half the calories, and they can fly. Hooters wings can fly. You can have them delivered right to your front doorstep. So when the girls come over on Wednesday nights, I order Hooters new smoked wings, and they love them. Uh, you can order Hooters wings to go, have them delivered right to your front door. Uh, or you can go watch the game at the Hooters restaurants. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you, you know the AmeriChicks, and we will be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. 
guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, and we're going to be having a big conversation tomorrow on the west steps of the Capitol, as well as in Grand Junction and Alamosa and Gunnison and uh, Woodland Park and Montrose. We are standing for Colorado. This will be everyday, hardworking Coloradans coming together to say that we are concerned about what is going on in our state, and uh, we uh, are going to do something about it. So first thing is, is we are going to make sure that we stand for Colorado. And the reason that we chose Friday, uh, May 10th, to do this is earlier in the day, Governor Polis will be giving his State of the State address at a luncheon just down the street, where I'm sure he will be touting all of the things that they have done to uh, get into our lives. You know, uh, surveys show that most people, uh, Democrat, not the far-left Democrat, but, you know, Democrats like a JFK Democrat, and unaffiliated libertarians and republicans we just want to be able to live our lives what we see that has happened down in colorado at this 2019 legislative session the state house the state senate and the governor they have passed legislation they have proposed legislation they're putting in rules and regulations that really will affect the well-being and prosperity and opportunity of everyday hard-working Coloradans. Now, many folks don't realize that. You won't realize it until it starts to affect you. But when it starts to affect your life, you're going to go, wait a minute. And that is why we are, are shining light on, on what is going on. That's why we have these amazing speakers. And I went through part of the group uh, during the first segment. We're going to finish out the, the balance here. Susan Kochevar. She is the owner, uh, entrepreneur and owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. She's also a great partner of the AmeriChicks. She'll be talking about forced minimum wage and also these unfriendly laws, rules, and regulations towards business. Deb Flora with Sal- uh, the Salem Media Group will talk about parental rights. Jan Cook is the co-founder with Gitter Done Right Colorado. There's a forced voter registration law out there now. It's uh, Senate Bill 235. Patty Kurgan, a former member of the Pay Equity Commission, will be talking about the family leave bill. This was Senate Bill 188. Now, that was not passed, but bear in mind, if these things were not passed this next year, uh, the uh, far left will be working on these throughout the summer, and they have another legislative session to try to get this done. And so this, this bad boy will be coming back. Uh, Kim Gilmartin will be talking about, uh, she's a charter school parent. She'll be talking about issues for charter schools. Carol Baker, a pharmacist, will be talking about prescription drugs. I will be talking about transportation. Leslie Hollywood, founder and executive director of Rally for Our Rights, will be talking about the red flag law. 
Grady Birdsong, Marine uh, Vietnam veteran. He's an author. He's the head of Cooper's Troopers, which is a group of Marines that meets once a month uh, up in North Denver. We'll be talking about veterans' issues. Nicole Martin is an attorney, and she was the, the initial attorney uh, that worked with Jack Phillips when, uh, with Masterpiece Cake Shop when he was uh, brought before the Colorado Civil Rights Commission uh, regarding baking wedding, wedding cakes um, for gay couples. Uh, he, in essence, said that you know, that was something that, that he could not do uh, and, uh, and because of his religious beliefs. And the Colorado Civil Rights Commission said that if that's the case, then you can, cannot bake any cakes. Well, I have to tell you, I'm a little concerned, first of all, about government redefining words. But yet, and when they redefine it, if people don't believe that redefinition, that then they are going to use the force, we continue to see that word, the force of government, to say that you can no longer go after your hopes and dreams. You can no longer pursue your happiness. And so it'll be fascinating to hear what Nicole Martin has to say. And then Kim Ransom. Uh, We'll be speaking really as a citizen. She's done a a super job down at the State House trying to hold the line this last legislative session. But she'll be talking to us as a concerned citizen regarding health care options. We're going to see this real push towards a single payer uh, here in Colorado. And typically when government gets involved in something, you get less of it. And it's more expensive. And so that is what ultimately will happen with the single payer. They will have less health care, and it's going to be more expensive. Now, something that happened uh, very interesting regarding this whole forced vaccination uh, hoopla that was down at the State House. Now, that did not pass this time around, but that will be back as well. But I had a, a Democrat mom that said, you know what? I always thought that the, it was the Democrats are the ones that care about me. But she said, when I saw what was going on down at the State House, it was really the Republicans that cared about me and my family. And so we are seeing that narrative turned upside down here in Colorado of uh, the narrative that it's the, the Republicans that don't care about you. It's actually when I saw, when I was down at the State House, I kind of got an all call, said, please come down. It was a couple of weeks ago. There were 500 parents, moms, dads, families there wanting to testify to say we are against this forced vaccination bill. And I have to tell you, I I think childhood vaccinations is a really good idea. I got my children vaccinated and it's a really, really good idea. But let's make the case to parents in a free market why this is a good thing to do for your your children. And uh, when my kids were little, they got, I think, around 11 dosages. That's now up to 57. And what this bill would have done is it would have given an unelected, unaccountable group of people the ability to mandate uh, things put into our children's bodies that may have not even been invented yet. And we don't have the option of a free market to uh, make sure that we've got research, that we can ask questions about it. And this was a very, very bad bill. We're going to see that come, come, uh, come forth again. But uh, I saw Senator Paul Lundin, uh, Republican Senator Owen Hill, and Senator Rob Woodward. They really held the line uh, for uh, people being able to to really have choices on how they get uh, their children vaccinated. And I thought that was really uh, an amazing thing. And so we're seeing in Colorado, narratives are being turned on their head. And that is why we are doing Stand for Colorado. We are having an intersectionality of issues. And what we see here is freedom 
versus force. Most all of these issues are uh, these things that have been passed, these rules, these reg- uh, regulations, this legislation is force. And we are seeing the people of Colorado are saying, wait a minute, I would like freedom. Now, one other thing that's going to be happening tomorrow morning, and this is at the uh, air, uh, in front of the Air Quality Control Commission at the Colorado uh, Department of Public Health and Environment. And at 9 o'clock tomorrow, they're going to start uh, uh, having a hearing regarding adopting zero-emission vehicle um, regulations here in Colorado and also low-emission vehicle um regulations here in Colorado. Now, my friends, ultimately what this is, is this is a push to get people out of their personal vehicles and move them into electric cars. Uh, I personally like the safety of my personal vehicle. And uh, uh, again, we're seeing force here to move us into quote unquote electric cars. And what's going to happen is uh, ultimately, well, first of all, to explain this, this was done via executive order uh, by both Governor Hickenlooper regarding the low emission vehicles and by Governor Polis on the zero emission vehicles. And they are going to mandate that dealers sell, uh, have a certain percentage of the cars that they sell have to be electric vehicles. Now, we have had a carrot for a number of years. There has been a $7,500 tax credit, income tax credit from the federals, uh, from the feds, and then 5000 from the state of Colorado. So $12,500 that people are able to not pay in taxes if they buy an electric car. And this has really been a prop up for Tesla. And Teslas are very expensive cars. So in essence, everyday hardworking Coloradans are paying for rich guys to drive around in Teslas. The other thing that it does, though, is then it is a... um, a program that continues to fund Tesla. And instead of a free market, we're see, using uh, government force, government um, carrots, uh, to uh, prop up Tesla and give them basically money on the backs of hardworking, everyday people. So, But what's going to happen is if this percentage is not hit regarding electric vehicles by each of these dealers, then uh, these dealers are going to have to pay uh, a, a penalty. But one of the ways that they can offset that penalty is buying credits for these electric vehicles that they haven't sold because people don't want them. And guess what? The only place where they can buy them right now is from Tesla. And that is the one way that Tesla has been able to continue to to receive income. And so it's important tomorrow morning. It's going to be a big day. If you can, go by tomorrow morning, the Air Quality Control Commission, and testify at that hearing. And then be sure and join us uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, as at any of these Stand for Colorado rallies that we have throughout the state. Uh, it'll, in Denver, it'll be on the west steps of the Capitol from 4 to 5.30. They're all at the same time. And uh, the other locations will be in Grand Junction. Rose Puglisi, who is the other person spearheading the national popular vote question, is heading the one up in Grand Junction. Then there will be one in Gunnison, Alamosa, Woodland Park, and Montrose. So be sure and join us. It's going to be an amazing day. We're going to go to break in just a moment, but first, be sure and check out StandForColorado.com. That is StandForColorado.com. That has all the details regarding the Stand for Colorado rally that uh, we're going to have tomorrow. And before we go to break, we're going to talk with Jason McBride. Hey, Jason, uh, what's going on? Well, hey, Kim. First, I wanted to apologize 
I made a mistake yesterday. No way. I did. You asked me about Boeing stock, and I went launched into this big diatribe about how it actually hadn't done uh, bad yesterday. And, you know, I had a technical glitch yesterday just like you did. (laughs) My chart was one day behind, so I was looking at the day before. Uh, Yesterday, actually, Boeing got smacked. Uh, It was down about 14 points or 4%, which was much worse than the markets did. So uh, that was fake news. That might be the first time there's been fake news on the AmeriChicks, and it was all my fault. Well, I think that is the first time that we've had fake news, but now it's no longer fake news because we came clean. And uh, this whole technology thing, you know, Jason, I love it when it works, but when it doesn't, it's tricky. And that's one of the reasons that I'm not real jazzed about getting into driverless cars, going 60 60 miles per hour down the road and not being able to control that. I'm not excited about that. So what else is going on, though? It looks to me like the market kind of took a breath, and I'm not a real roller coaster rider. So it was just kind of nice to have a calm day yesterday. It was. Uh, Yesterday, the markets had what I like to call a Congress day. They made a whole bunch of noise uh, during the day. Look at me, look at me. And at the end of the day, nothing changed, nothing happened. Just like Congress. That's why I call it a Congress day. I've never heard that before, Jason McBride. So uh, what's your crystal ball say for today? Well, my crystal ball is always perpetually broken. Uh, You know, it looks like the futures are slightly lower right now, but I think all of it might depend on what news comes out on the China trade deal. That's what has the market on edge right now and kind of holding its breath. So, you know what, Kim, I don't want to make any predictions on what Trump might say or John Bolton might say or anybody else might say. So we're just going to have to take it as it comes, which is just like always, I suppose. Well, and you know, on any roller coaster ride, if you need somebody to help you fasten your seatbelt, Jason McBride, you and the great folks over Presidential Wealth Management can do that, right? Well, I think we can. Uh, You know, the markets have been good, but sometimes they get crazy. And don't forget, eventually, uh, they will go down and have another severe correction. Uh, You know, Warren Buffett had a good quote. I think it was him that said that Noah didn't build the ark while while it was raining. So you need to be ready while times are good, because if you wait till they start to turn, then it's usually too late. Well, and you and the good folks over at Presidential Wealth Management will certainly take a look at people's nest eggs. And go to chickspresidential.com and to get all the information there. Your podcasts are there. Again, that's chickspresidential.com. Jason McBride, we will talk to you tomorrow. Sounds great, Kim. Have a good show. Thanks. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family and colleagues. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto Fireguard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. The mortgage process can be stressful, and with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 
303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week, and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-517-7173. 303-517-7173. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Back to the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for our emails. We'll keep you apprised of upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And we are the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We offer a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have in studio with us Stephen Kessler. He has his doctorate in higher education from the University of Rochester, a number of published pieces that you can find at the Vogelinview.com. That's the Vogelinview.com. That's V-O-E-G-E-L-I-N-View.com. Check me out on LinkedIn. Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Kessler, K-E-S-S-L-E-R. Okay. Well, welcome, Stephen. And we're going to jump into something that is near and dear to your heart and is very important for our constitutional republic, and that is the Electoral College. There has been a movement on college campuses uh, among elites to get rid of the Electoral College. And we have seen, I think there's legislation that's been introduced at the national level. Sure. So apparently on CNN.com, it says that Representative Steve Cohen, a Democrat out of Tennessee, is congressman proposes eliminating eliminating Electoral College, preventing presidents from pardoning themselves. Interesting. And then I think here in Colorado... The scuttlebutt is is that there's going to be a movement here in Colorado to move uh, the decisions to a popular vote instead of electoral college. So this is really trying to um, gain speed. Yeah, gain speed. You're concerned. Why? All right, so here's the deal. The liberals and conservatives have very different beliefs on human nature. Liberals believe we were naturally good but corrupted by society. Conservatives believe in an ethical dualism, the angel on this shoulder and the devil on this one, that within man there are unruly passions and appetites that necessitate restraint. For when the restraints on man's passions and appetites are removed, they run amok. And that's the quintessential conservative value. That That's the essence of conservatism right there. So what's going on right now is that I don't know how he does it, but there is something about Trump where he is an expert world-class button pusher that there is something about donald trump that infuriates the liberals 
like nothing else. And so what happened is Hillary won the more or less won the popular vote, but Trump won the electoral vote. And so what they're trying to do right now is alter the system for their temporary gains for their Trump problem. So I'm going to read a quote from Edmund Burke, the original conservative and a true genius who speaks to my heart. There's just something about Burke that I love. Wise men will apply their remedies to vices, not to names, to the causes of evil which are permanent, not to the occasional organs by which they act, and the transitory modes in which they appear. What he's getting at is that we don't want to cut off our nose to spite our face, that Trump is a short-term temporary problem. Let's not make long-term permanent solutions for him. But the Electoral College is difficult for people to understand. And because people have difficulty understanding it, or maybe they've never been taught, the reason that the founders made sure that we had that was they were trying to... Temper the passions and appetites of man. So protect protect us against the tyranny of, of the majority. As well as the tyranny of ourselves, to protect us against ourselves. So in Federalist number 63, he says... Um, it's Madison, I think. Such an institution may be sometimes necessary as a defense to the people against their own temporary errors and delusions. So there are particular moments in public affairs when the people, stimulated by some irregular passion or illicit advantage, or misled by the artful misrepresentations of interested men, may call for measures which they themselves will afterwards be the most ready to lament and condemn. I'm trying not to laugh reading it. But he's telling us we need protection from ourselves because we're, you know, hot-blooded idiots. Speaking of hot-blooded idiots, let's just think about it. Okay, if, if one believes that man is inherently good, as the liberal mantra does, whereas the conservative, the con- conservatarian understanding is, is that man is inherently has the ability to do bad. So right? just, just a real quick semantic thing. That's actually not a, a libertarian value. That's a, oh. that's no, because the libertarians believe in, in autonomy. They want as much freedom as possible. And the conservatives are real concerned with too much freedom because of the beastly and savage nature of man, but go on. Okay. So let's, let's think about it though. The, the, the tyranny of our passions, if you will, Okay, let's say your team wins the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There are those that go out into the street because they won, and they start trash cans on fire. They uh, turn cars over. Oh, yeah. And that seems to be a pretty passionate but destructive uh, re- you know, uh, response to uh, an event. Mm-hmm. Because why? Passion. Because man's nature is savage and beastly, and we have unruly passions and appetites that necessitate restraint. And... um. Edmund Burke has another great line about this, about how our passions, how self-control is not just, not just a, a wishful thought, but it's actually our own right, that we have this right to be restrained. And I'm going to, he's just so brilliant to me. I'm going to read it. It's a bit long, but it's really worth every word. Society requires not only that the passions of individuals should be subjected, but that even in the mass and body, as well as in the individuals, the inclinations of men should frequently be thwarted, their will controlled, and their passions brought into subjection. This can only be done by a power out of themselves, and not in the exercise of its function, subject to that will and to those passions which it is, a, uh, which is its office to bridle and subdue. In the sense, the restraints on men, as well as their liberties, are to be reckoned among their rights, that it is our right to be restrained from ourselves." 
Okay, so let's connect this then. Why is the Electoral College important uh, when we talk about Edmund Burke's quote that you just uh, gave us? Sure. So Burke had a real congruent philosophy with the uh, with Publius. If you read through the Federalist Papers and you read through Burke, you will see over and over again the same language, thoughts, and ideas. So the Electoral College is a restraint on our passions and appetites. We do not have a direct democracy. We have people that we have a representative to make the votes on our behalf. And the reason we do that is because man's nature is savage and beastly, and it necessitates restraints, for when the restraints on our savage and beastly you know, passions are removed, they run amok. Well, and so we are a constitutional republic. Yes, and ma'am. I will tell you, Stephen, I have been at uh, events where there are people, there are leaders, there are people that have been elected, that refer to us as a democracy instead of a constitutional republic, and I'm astonished. But I think a lot of folks out there do not realize that the founders put in this constitutional republic because there is the tyranny of of the mob. The tyranny, tyranny of the majority. Yes. So let me see. Um, I'm looking for this. Okay, so in Federalist number 10, Madison says, the public good is disregarded in the conflicts of rival parties. And that measures are too often decided not according to the rules of justice and the rights of the minor party, but by the superior force of an interested and overbearing majority. So they're trying to protect protect the minority, basically. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing with the electoral college, is it is put in place. Well, let's you know what? Let's talk about the two, um, the House of Representatives and the Senate. So the House of Representatives is basically. Elected on population, if you will, right? Yes. Okay, but the Senate is the Electoral College because they wanted a, you know, a, a, a check and balance on it, right? Sure. So if you look on a map, you'll see that the population of Los Angeles in Southern California is probably more than the populations of North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Kansas combined. Now, do you think that the people of Southern California? should have the right to force their lifestyles on seven or eight states combined? I don't. And that's exactly what it is. So in Federalist number 51, Madison says, It is of great importance that a republic not only guard the society against the oppression of its rules, but to guard one part of the society against the injustices of the other part. If a majority be united by a common interest, the rights of the minority will be insecure. And so basically, if we get rid of the Electoral College, certain parts of the country are just going to bully other parts. Well, and that's that's also part of federalism in as much as I think that states should be much more autonomous. Mm-hmm. So, so when you have a state like California or New York, where they can then go to Washington and they can vote federal money, to come back to their state. So you, you take money from all the people in, in these states, North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, and all, and then you can transfer that over to California when California makes really poor financial decisions. I think that is another thing that is why uh, the Electoral College is so important, is so that these little states still have a voice in what is going on. And so this movement to get rid of the Electoral College is very, very dangerous. So it's dangerous because it's suicide. Suicide as a social problem is referred to as a permanent solution to a short-term temporary problem. So I'm going to read a quote from President John Adams. 
about why he doesn't like democracy. Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. It is in vain to say that democracy is less vain, less proud, less selfish, less ambitious, or less avaricious than aristocracy or monarchy. It is not true, in fact, and nowhere appears in history. Those passions are the same in all men, under all forms of government, and when unchecked, produces the same effects of fraud, violence, and cruelty. Individuals have conquered themselves. Nations and large bodies of men, never. Wow, this is the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Stephen Kessler is in studio with us as our guest. We're talking about the Electoral College. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back uh, because this is something that is very important for our country. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. We're offering two social security classes in May. Our Arvada class will be held at the Apex Center Tuesday, May 7th at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, May 11th at 10 a.m. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person. Children under 12 are free. Starting Friday, May 3rd, features will include Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we're having conversations. Be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for our emails. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, important events. And we are the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. I offer a, what I call, conservatarian perspective. In studio with us is Stephen Kessler. He has his doctorate in higher education from the University of Rochester. And uh, he has actually gone, I think, from liberal tendencies, if you will, to you have become a staunch conservative. Yeah. Exposure to the far left will do that to you. Yeah. I, I, how did that happen exactly? Oh, so um, I'm in graduate school for higher ed administration and an education school. And for those of you at home that don't know, our schools of education on college campuses are ground zero 
for far left, I mean far left indoctrination liberalism. And so I'm sitting there and they're blaming society for everything. And I'm thinking, yeah, it sounds plausible, meaning it has the appearance of truth, but you know, we got to be responsible for our own actions. Yeah, there are some people who have had bad breaks, but there's other people who just make bad choices. There's other people who are unlucky, things of that nature. Just It was a quick, simple fix. The other thing I really noticed, and every time I say this as honestly as possible, people laugh, and I don't mean for it to be a joke, but I found the people to be losers in life. They were unattractive. They were overweight. They had annoying personalities. They were not traditionally cool or attractive. They were unathletic looking. And what I came to understand is that all of that causes envy and that they were out to take things from people. And that's a big thing. That's a big thing with equity. It's a big thing with liberal ideology that says I was born good, but I was corrupted by society. So why was I unpopular in high school? Was it because I was overweight, unattractive, annoying? Oh, no, 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 it wasn't me. It was society. And so they found this ideology that caters to their insecurities, and it says, hey, it's not you, it's them. That's probably pretty politically incorrect these days, Stephen Kessler. If you'd like to hear, <laughs> see more of the things uh, that Stephen has published, go to Vogelinview.com. That's Vogelinview.com, and that's V-O-E-G-E-L-I-N-View.com. Uh, we have been talking in the last segment about the Electoral College, and there is a, a real movement both nationally and it looks like here in Colorado to try to change the Electoral College. And the, the founders put the Electoral College in place because of the passions of men. They knew the tyranny of the majority, that that the majority can become a mob and nothing good comes of a mob. But now we're seeing kind of this walk back of of the Electoral College by uh, progressivism, by socialists. Explain that. Sure. So one of the main tenets of socialism, and I'm sorry, of progressivism, which was originally known as meliorism, M-E-L-I-O-R-I-A. It's the motto of the University of Rochester, my graduate alma mater. It means ever better. And it's this belief in progress of human nature that we in the present are superior to previous generations. And because we're so far advanced, we're so superior, history, you know, it, history, it's things, it's customs, traditions, mores, laws, all that stuff, that's old world fuddy-duddy stuff. And it's the dead weight of yesteryear. So real progress consists in the destruction of those old norms and in the creation of new ones in our image for a new modern man. So why do we, what is this electoral college, Kim? It, it's, you know, it's, it's 2020. Why do we need this thing? And so they want to get rid of it to accommodate new modern man. And you'll hear this argument a lot with the Second Amendment as well, that it was 1776. There's no way they understood guns in the future the way we have them today. It's this belief that all that is old is bad and should be distrusted, and we should create new in our own image. Okay, but you, in our conversations, you had mentioned that really the difference between conservative and liberalism is how we view man. And yes, and so I, I mean, I remember the the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And progressivism, socialism, does not believe in that, do they? No, they believe in the you know, the angel on this shoulder and society. Okay, and society is the things that causes bad things, not the human nature within us. Correct. 
But Stephen, come on, if you really look at it, the passions of men aren't that different from one generation to another. And that's what the founders understood. Sure. And so the phrase is the permanent things. It was a phrase T.S. Eliot, the poet, playwright, and literary critic used in an essay he wrote called The Idea of a Christian Society. Uh, It was written in 1939. And just briefly on Eliot, for those of you listening at home, especially the Christians on this Christian radio station, Eliot was a staunch Christian and a devout conservative. I'm sorry, a devout conservative and a staunch Christian. And he wrote two essays. One was The Idea of a Christian Society, and the other is Notes Towards Definition of Culture. For those of you at home, it might be a good read. So Eliot had a phrase called the permanent things. Russell Kirk popularized it, but for Eliot, it was based on two things. Number one, the belief that human nature is constant. We in the present are no different than any previous generation. So therefore, because of that constancy, we've been able to establish norms, enduring standards. And those standards are based on not just the constancy of the human condition, but the fact that the human condition is tragic. And so if it happened in one generation, you know, 20, 50 generations ago, it can and will happen again today. And that's what George Santayana, the professor from Harvard, once said, once meant when he said that those who fail to learn their history are condemned to repeat it. We're doomed to repeat our history. It's not a blessing. We're not hopeful to recover it. And that these are the lessons of history that when the passions and appetites are removed from, or uh, when the restraints on man's passions and appetites are removed, they run amok and will lead to our destruction. And that's the essence of the Electoral College. And so the Electoral College was put in place to temper man's passions. Exactly. Okay, so there's this big movement now in, uh, in America, it appears. Uh, we have people that have been elected to the House of Representatives that are avowed socialists, people that are elected to the Senate that are avowed socialists. And they talk about greed. They talk about that somebody, if they're successful, it's because they took from somebody else. But I submit to you that it's not money that is really that drives people. It's power. And then that's what you see with uh, socialism is there el- there's the elites with the power, and then there's all the unwashed masses. The swinish multitude, yeah. So why would, okay, just a question for you. So why would avowed progressives, uh, uh, avowed socialists, want to give the popular vote to the masses and get rid of the electoral college if they don't like the masses? So it's not the it's not the progressives in general. It's the specifics. It's the specific people in the power positions. So power is a pyramid of all shapes. It's not a circle or a square. And that while the majority of the people may be at the bottom, the people who believe the things that the people at the top are saying, only the people at the top are really benefiting. Okay, so that's where we see it's so tricky that uh, the messaging in our political campaigns. Now, in, in Colorado... We have people, people believe, I think they inherently believe that their right to vote is sacred. And then, yet then I think people all say it doesn't matter because those at the top mm-hmm. are manipulating the whole thing. But we need to get back to where people understand what they are voting on and the people that they are voting for. Uh, because as the, the big people, at, you know, the, the people at the bottom of the, the pyramid are voting for the people at the top. Mm-hmm. 
many times these people at the top that they are are electing don't really give a flying rip about the people down there at the bottom of the pyramid. Sure, and that's once again what Thomas Sowell calls the vision of the anointed, that these people are at the top and they believe that they have some sort of special knowledge that the rest of us lack and we need to get out of their way. And they have a serious contempt for the common man. And the common man is someone that I believe the founders of America generally loved. They were, you know what, they were common people. Generally, they were farmers, they were merchants, they were people that were building things with their hands, and so they had a great affinity for the common man. And they said, hey, what would happen if we actually got government out of the way and let everyday common people go after their hopes and dreams? What do you think could happen? Well, what happened was this American idea. Stephen Kessler, we have just maybe about four minutes left. And so I want to ask you about something that I think that today... If we don't protect this, we are living in a cut flower society. We are living off of the, the, the roots of what has been planted before us. And if we don't take care of it, you know, it's pretty and, and it, it makes for a nice bouquet right now. But if we don't make sure that there's roots to those flowers, then there, there won't be flowers for the future. Sure. So the phrase is that we are dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants. And this is one major difference that the liberals and conservatives share. The conservatives believe that the dead, as well as the yet unborn, while not physically present, are nonetheless here with us always. And they have the same rights and considerations as others, as the living. And that what we have to do is we have to look at ourselves, not as isolated, atomized individuals, but as trustees to an inheritance. That we have inherited this from the dead. And that as long as they're here with us, we will understand that the unborn will be here soon too. And that when we no longer see the dead as here with us, the web of connectivity between generations unravels and it shrinks to the present only. And then it becomes me, 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 now, now, now. It's like leaving your trash at a national park for the next guy to deal with it. And so we have to understand that we have been given an inheritance by those who have come before us and we have by those who have come before us and we have a duty, stewardship, to pass it off to the next generation, posterity. You know, and there is a fullness in life for individuals that have this attitude, and there's a fullness in life for communities, and there's a fullness in life for a country. And as a millennial, we have about one minute. Do you see hope for America, or what do you think? I have a pretty grim view of human nature in general, so I think there's always hope, and I think there's always something to be hopeful for. And as long as I think the most important thing we can do is educate our youth to the conservative movement, the liberty movement, and explain to them all the things that Russell Kirk and Edmund Burke and T.S. Eliot have taught me, and if we can pass those values on to a lot more people and a larger audience, I think we can be fine. Well, you give me hope because you have your your doctorate from the University of Rochester in higher education, and you are out there writing and thinking and uh, really working to affect this this important American idea narrative. So what's our quote for today, Stephen Kessler? Sure. So it comes from Edmund Burke, written in 1791, a letter to a member of the National Assembly. He was chewing out Rousseau in this, and he said, Men are qualified for civil liberty in exact proportion to their dispositions to put moral change chains upon their own appetites. Society cannot exist unless a controlling power upon will and appetite be placed somewhere. The less of it there is within, the more of it there must be without. 
It is ordained in the eternal constitution of things that men of intemperate minds cannot be free. Their passions forge their fetters. Wow. Stephen Kessler, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Now it's 2019. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically and strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them.